Welcome to the Teal Expert Podcast. Happy Tuesday. Um, here at the Teal Expert Podcast, we spend 10 minutes each Tuesday focused on navigating food allergies. I'm Dr. Kelly Evans-Wilson, your podcast host and food allergy coach. As a food allergy coach, it's my goal to help provide authentic expertise and guidance on navigating the food allergy world. As the mom of a daughter with life-threatening food allergies, I've been navigating this world for 18 years. Um, I'm a scholar and an educator and look forward to sharing my expertise to help you navigate food allergies. So welcome to our second episode. Last week was kind of an introduction to food allergies. We talked about food allergies, food intolerances, and food sensitivities. We also had kind of a call to action to do the, to participate in the Teal Pumpkin Project. And I had the good fortune of being able to participate in the Teal Pumpkin Project this Sunday um, at our church uh, with our son and some family friends. We were able to get the word out about the Teal Pumpkin Project, which for those of you who are new um, to the podcast, the Teal Pumpkin Project is takes place during uh, this Halloween time. If you have trick-or-treaters or however you're celebrating trick-or-treat in this COVID, area, uh, COVID era, you place a teal pumpkin at your home or at your trunk or treat, whatever you may be participating in. And the teal pumpkin is a symbol recognizes that you have non-food treats available for individuals, for, for kids that are coming. So place a teal pumpkin um, at your doorstep or, or wherever you're celebrating Halloween this week and encourage you to participate in the teal pumpkin project. So as I said last week, that was kind of our call to action. We'll have another call to action um, at the end of the podcast today. But this week, I really want to focus on another very, very significant aspect of food allergy life, reading food labels. Food labels serve an important purpose. Obviously, they tell us what we're putting in our mouth. They tell us um, about nutritional choices. And for those of us living or individuals living with food allergies, literally reading food labels keeps you alive. So you will, if you aren't already, you will absolutely get in the habit of reading food labels. And when I say reading food labels, I mean reading all food labels. You will never want to purchase an item without turning over the package, looking at the ingredients, reading the labels every time. Um, and I say this as a caveat, we've, we've had lots of, ex couple of experiences where, where we think we've read the ingredients and we haven't. Um, so again, I want to encourage you to read them every single time. Um, I am super thankful that we have the food allergy labeling law that was put into place in 2006. For those that had to navigate this world prior to 2006, you, you are my heroes. I have the utmost respect for trying to, to know what's in your food prior to the labeling laws that went into effect. So, um, so where did food labeling begin? How did this all start? So it's important to know that the USDA Food Safety and Inspection Service and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration both have laws that require ingredients, any food product, to list the, the ingredients on that label. So the, the name of the law, the Food Allergy Labeling and Consumer Protection Act, FALCPA for short, was actually took effect on January 1st, 2006. 
and it was an amendment to the Federal Food and Drug Cosmetic Act. So Congress passed this act really to make it easier for food allergic consumers and caregivers to identify and avoid foods that contain major food allergens. The FALCPA was designed to really improve food labeling information so that consumers who suffer with food allergies, especially kids and their caregivers, will be able to recognize the presence of the ingredient um, that they must avoid. So this legislation was also crucial in that it really provided a useful term. Um, so if something had a milk derivative, for example, casein or whey, those had to be listed as well. So, and one of the big pieces of this legislation was that it really identified the top eight allergens, which are milk, eggs, fish, shellfish, peanuts, tree nuts, wheat, and soy. Those big eight that you'll hear about, we'll talk about, um, it really mandated that any ingredient that had that those one of those big eight in it or a protein derived from one of those had to be included in the label. So now there are absolutely more than those top eight. There's actually 160 foods that have been identified that cause food allergies or can cause food intolerances or sensitivities as we learned about last week. So there's 160 of those but this legislation really identified those big eight because those big eight account for 90% of all documented food allergies in the US. And they those foods are most likely to result in a severe life-threatening reaction. The thing to keep in mind with the Food Allergy Labeling and Consumer Protection Act is it only is focused on FDA regulated foods. So those products that we'll buy in the grocery store, though when you're dealing with restaurants or other, you know, eating out, that's a that's a different it's a different podcast. But uh, for the Food Allergy Labeling and Consumer Protection Act, only deals with FDA regulated food. So and it really requires that those foods, those ingredients, have to be listed in two ways. Um, the first option for food manufacturers is to conclude is to include the name of the food and the major allergen. For, for example, you'll often see it says ingredients and it might say enriched flour with in parentheses wheat flour, barley, and then it will go on to say sugar, hydrogenated soybean oil, whatever the case may be. Um, you'll also see sometimes under a label underneath it'll say contains followed by the food source. So it may say contains wheat, milk, egg, and soy. Food manufacturers really have an option. They can do both, um, one or the other or both. So those are two things to, to definitely get in the habit of looking for. One of the challenges that we run into is food manufacturers have also started putting may contain statements on the food. Please know that the Food Allergy um, and Consumer Protection Act does not, that does not regulate any of these may contain statements. So that is where you and your family have to make choices about comfort level with purchasing a food with a may contain. Sometimes it will say, you know, may contain, it, may con it could say on equipment with, produced in a facility by. So 
the goal is for companies obviously to be truthful and they but they there's no regulation on those that may contain state statements so please be aware of that um, one of the things to think about that may contain statement does get into the the conversation or the thought of cross contact which in a production facility um, is generally the result of some kind of environmental exposure during process or handling where multiple foods are produced on the same facility. Um, it may occur when they're processing something on the same line. So that's where cross contact can happen. Um, and it's super important to know that only a trace amount of a food allergen can cause a reaction. So, so keep that in mind when you're reading food labels. Um, there was an interesting uh, change in this labeling law that happened earlier this year in May as a result of the COVID um, situation that we are all addressing. Um, in May, the FDA re re released that with no warning, their temporary guidelines that would allow manufacturers to um, substitute ingredients on their food labels. You know, this was their attempt to really, they were concerned about being able to, to the supply chain getting interrupted. So this was really a way to help um, manufacturers. But for those of us in the food allergy world, it was, you know, caused quite an uproar and, you know, is extremely scary. We all rely on reading those food labels constantly. So it was interesting. There was significant concern from the food allergy community and actually the National Food Allergy Research and Education Group, FAIR, um, provided a webinar where they had manufacturers from uh, kind of the top industries and most of them said they were not going to follow this um, guideline. So even though the federal government is allowing them to substitute ingredients, they were not going to do that. They were concerned about the um, what that would do to their relationship with their consumers. Um, they know that food allergy consumers uh, read and read and read the food labels, and so they did not want to jeopardize that relationship. So that was um, it did make me feel good after attending that webinar, um, but it was also a reminder and a reminder to you to read the food labels, read and read and read. I can't reiterate that enough. So I hope this has given you a little bit of insight into food labeling, where it came from, uh, some things that have happened, uh, and a reminder for all of us that things are constantly changing. So our, our action items for this week is there are places that you can go to get some food allergy alerts if there's a recall on a product. Um, and two of those that I would recommend is if you go to foodsafety.gov, you're able to sign up for food allergy alerts from the USDA when there are food recalls. Also on the FAIR website, F-A-R-E, if you go to foodallergy.org, they also have a recall list. So you'll get, re you'll get emails if a food um, is being recalled because of an allergen that wasn't originally listed. So that's one of your action items I would do. And the next action item for the week is to read, 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 read the food labels on products every time and then read them again. Companies often change recipes and so and safe foods can easily become dangerous if they have changed an ingredient or can make a quick change. We had this one time, one of our experiences, we read 
um, red, I just purchased a product. It was something we had usually eaten. It was a light version versus the regular, and they had put the allergen in, um, and my daughter had a reaction. Thankfully, she was okay, but it, again, was a reminder to read, read, and read um, those food labels, and never eat anything without a food label on it. Triple check, check again, third time, fourth time, keep checking. Um, and then also make sure you're, wa you're watching out for alternative names. For example, for dairy, you may want to look for casein, whey. Those kind of, they could sometimes you think of them maybe as hidden ingredients, but you want to read those labels on your fruit products every time and then read them again. So hopefully our conversation about food labeling has helped you feel more confident. Remember, our goal is to help you navigate the food allergy world. We're thinking about the lighthouse, even though you're, you're listening to the podcast. The visual that I want you to have is you're a lighthouse. You've gained more knowledge. You can be that beacon for others. You can share your journey, share what you have learned about food labeling with others. And this is your opportunity to not only stand tall and proud and confident in addressing your food allergy journey, but also you can be that light for others who are facing food, food allergies, helping them navigate the world, and then helping all those around us educate about food allergies. Thanks for joining me today on this Tuesday with the Teal Expert. For more information, please visit my website, tealexpert.com, and I'll see you next week.